Amen. If you've got your Bibles, we're going to go to at least three different places tonight. When God speaks, when God speaks, um, what's He sound like when God speaks? What's He sound like? Go over to 1 Kings. First Kings, Elijah had been uh, fighting with, I mean, they went up and he, he slew all the prophets of Baal. And you would think if anybody was bold and anybody should, should have faith and, and be able to take on hell with a water pistol, it'd be Elijah. Is that me? Is that me? Is that me? That's somebody. That's God calling. I'm sitting here thinking, I put my little red thing on. Yeah, that could have been you. Um, he should have been one bold enough to attack hell with a water pistol because he had just seen the prophets of Baal fall. But then Jezebel came. And he ran, scared, hiding. Picking up in 1 Kings chapter, 9, chapter 19, beginning in verse... Beginning in verse 9, so he came there to a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he I've I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I alone am left. And they seek my life to take it away. So he said, Go forth and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord was passing by. And a great and strong wind was rending the mountains and breaking in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of a gentle blowing. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And behold, a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? God didn't speak through the noise. God didn't speak through the chaos. God didn't speak through the earthquake, through the fire, through all the loud. God spoke quietly, very Quietly. Uh, how does God speak to you? I, I think it was Sunday I used the word nudge. Nudging. I started to say when God nudges. You know, you feel that nudging. You feel that, that moving. You feel that, that, you know it's God speaking. And He speaks in a lot of different ways. and Situational sometimes, but, but He speaks. And it's usually that quiet, still voice. One of the ways I, I end a lot of our prayer times in here, I end many, many services with the example found over with, with uh, Samuel. Go with me to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 3. Many services I, I end with what Eli told Samuel to do. 1 Samuel chapter 3. I think it's, it's, it's biblical. It's what Samuel heard. Start in... Starting, just starting verse 1, chapter 3, verse 1. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord before Eli. 
And the word from and, and word from the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were infrequent. It's an interesting note there. It happened at that time as Eli was lying down in his place. Now his eyesight had begun to grow dim and he could not see well. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. That the Lord called Samuel and he said, here I am. So he heard from him. Then he ran, verse 5, then he ran to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. But he said, I did not call you, lie down again. So he went and laid down. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went and Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he answered, I did not call my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor had the word of the Lord yet been revealed to him. So the Lord called Samuel again for a third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Three times. He says, It's like Samuel, and he's like, Hey, I, what do you want? And, and Eli's like, I ain't calling you. Go, go back to bed. So Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down. So, verse 8. So the Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he arose. He went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli discerned that the Lord was calling the boy. And Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you shall say to him, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Most Wednesday nights and many Sunday mornings, I'll Lord God, your servants are listening. We're here. We're listening. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your voice. And, and sometimes he'll speak through a song. Sometimes he'll speak through, you're just sitting there. Sometimes he speaks through people. Your spirits, you just know this is God. God laid on my heart. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, I say it all the time, God laid on my heart. What does that mean, God laid on my heart? I've never heard an audible voice from God. I've never heard an I've never heard, I've had people tell me they have, but I've never heard an audible voice from God, but I've I've had God speak to me. He speaks to me all the time. He leads me all the time. He directs me, guides me, he nudges me. He shows me things. I I'm not a, they can tell you, I'm a mess. I'm, a, I'm an organized mess. Casey's an organized one. Rob is not organized. <laughs> hey, Rob. Rob is not organized. And I think Rob's little friend Josh is getting Rob rubbed off on him because he don't look too organized. But Casey is very organized. I'm not organized. God just tells me things. And God tells me. I just wake up and I don't have a black bear. Remember the blackberries? I don't keep a day timer. I don't look at the calendars. I don't look at stuff. I just wake up and God tells me what's supposed to do today. I don't ever hear his voice. It's just like he. I wake up and it's so heavy on me. I just remember it's like today I'm supposed to do this and today I'm supposed to do that. That's just how God speaks to me. He talks to me and he leads me. Do we always do what he says? Think about it. How's our response when God speaks? We could have 
point A, point B, point C. You could go on way down through there. How do we respond? When you know God's telling you to do it, when you know God's telling you to go, when you know God's saying something to you, how do you respond when God speaks? Example after example after example is found in Scripture of good responses and bad responses. Those that immediately followed and those that delayed. Those that rebelled. Those that ran. Those that, those that I mean, take, take the Elijah passage earlier. I mean, he had seen God work, seen God work. Trust God, trust Him, trust Him. And oh my goodness, Jezebel is going to kill us all. Didn't you just say God's going to take care of you? There's a, there's a story I love in scriptures found over in Acts. It's Philip and Ethiopian eunuch. Go with me. Go with me. Because sometimes when God speaks, we don't want to listen. It's not that, it's not that uh, we don't respond. It's not that we, um, it's not that we rebel. It's just we don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear that. Because the, because that's just not, and you can fill in the blanks, not comfortable. That's not convenient. That's not, that's not in my plan for today. That's not, I'm not, get him to do it. Get, get them to do it. Get somebody else to do it. The example we get with Philip. You know, Philip was one of the, the, the deacons early. We, we talked about that a lot. Philip was one of those early men chosen to take care of things that needed to be taken care of. And if you go with me, Acts chapter 8. In Acts chapter 8, there's... Stephen has just died. He's been stoned to death and Saul is... Saul, who becomes Paul, who have, we have 13 of his letters in your hand. Saul is, is ravaging the church. It says it right there in verse 3, but Saul began ravaging the church, entering house after house and dragging off men and women. He would put them in prison. And you say, well, there's no way. I mean, that verse right there should take every excuse that we could ever use out of, off the table. You can't say, well, there's no way God can use me. A guy who literally was ravaging the church, the early church, God's plan for the gospel carrying forth the church. Saul here was ravaging the local church, and that's exactly who God used as the greatest missionary to ever step on the earth, to go and take the gospel to the Gentiles, to go and take the gospel all over. He was ravaging the church. It doesn't seem... You would think, you would think God would pick somebody who had a really clean record. You would think God would pick somebody who had grown up in, in church. Oh, Paul, Paul Saul had grown up in church. He was, he was elite in his work, but he was doing it for the wrong team. God just had to re had to adjust him a little bit. That's the context. That's the backdrop for where we are. And, and I want you to see verse 4. Therefore, those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. Church grows through pressure. Church didn't grow through the good times. Church grew when 
when, when there was pressure, when God started squeezing down a little bit on it. And all through history, whenever, whenever the enemy comes, the church thrives under pressure. Therefore, those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. And Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ to them. The crowds, with one accord, were giving attention to what was said by Philip. And they heard and saw the signs which he was performing. For in the case of many who had unclean spirits, they were coming out of them, shouting with a loud voice, and many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. Look at verse 8. So there was much rejoicing in that city. That's what's going on where Philip is. There's, there's rejoicing taking place. Samaria was, revival was taking place in Samaria. I mean, then you get this story here of the sorcerer dude who wants to buy, and, and he looks over and he says, look, I want that. Jump on down, though, to verse 25. Simon. Get to verse 25. So when they had solemnly testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they started back to Jerusalem, and they were preaching the gospel to, in, to many villages of the Samaritans. I mean, revival is breaking out in Samaria. Philip was in a good place. God was working. God was moving. I mean, if you want to be in the center of God's will, you needed to be in Samaria. Awesome stuff was taking place. People were being healed. Lives were being changed. Stuff was happening. And then God spoke. You ever been in a good place? You ever been comfortable? You ever been happy? Everybody's excited here. Woo, I want to be here forever. I don't want this to ever stop. This is good. Everybody's getting along. Everything is great. Everything is perfect. Lives are being changed. Crowds, people are coming. It is amazing when God speaks, though. Sometimes God does this. Hey, you. I need you to go do something for me. And you know that the rest of that sentence is not always what we want to hear. You know, we talk about when God speaks, we want to hear Him. We want to hear God's voice. Man, I want, I want to hear God talk to me. I want to, Lord, speak. Your servant is listening, God. And it's not always loud. And sometimes it's in that wind. Sometimes it's in that small, still voice when you're laying there in the middle of the night and you just hear the fan. And then he speaks. And you're like, what? Well, I, I think the better question is not just when he, when he speaks, but how do we respond? What's our reaction? What if, what if he says go? What if, what if he says, look, look at what happens here. It's interesting. I, I think it's so interesting. But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, verse 26, saying, get up and go south. To the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. And you have this little, most every one of your translations, and most every one of your Bibles is going to have a little parenthesis that says this is a desert road. Somewhere, somewhere after the original manuscripts, they added that little, this is a desert road. So the Spirit of God came, stood before Philip and said, Hey, I want you to go south to Gaza 
Go, go, leave, leave where the party's at. Leave all your friends. Leave where it's comfortable. Leave where the happenings are. And I want you to go all the way down there to a desert place. Has God ever told you to go to a desert place? What was that? Has God ever told you to go to a desert place? That was a duck call on a telephone. She didn't silence her duck or whatever that was. He's quiet now, I bet. But guys, sometimes God don't make sense. Remember I preached uh, the whole week I was thinking that, that when God don't make sense kind of sermon. Some of the scariest prayers we ever pray is your servant is listening. Some of the scariest prayers you will ever pray is, Here I am, Lord, send me. Some of the scariest things you'll ever say in a prayer is, Lord, I'll do anything you want me to do. Because here's the thing. He may just tell you to do something. He may just say, get up from where you are, where the happenings are, where it's really exciting. Uh, there's, a, there's an energy, there's a vibe. There's, I mean, revival is happening in this place, but I want you to get up and I want you to go south to a desert place. And you can, you can literally look in your Bibles, you can look in the back in the maps, and you can see you got Jerusalem, Samaria, and way down bottom, it's like down there, it's Gaza and it's desert. Lord, there's no revival there. There's no revival there. There's no energy there. There's no move of God there. There's, there's nothing exciting there. I, 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 just, I just think I'll stay here. Your servant is listening. Your servant is listening. How do we respond when God speaks? I want to hear Him. I want to know God's will for my life. I want, to, I, want him to, I want to hear clearly what God desires for me to do. And He speaks. And what, if it's, what if it's I want you to move? What if it's I want you to... Hey, teachers, I love every one of you. You are absolute rock stars. But what if God said, hey, I need you to stop teaching and go do something else? What if, pick, pick a career. I mean, yeah, your teachers just stood up earlier. But pick a career. I was born in Northport or around Northport, and I'm going to die in Northport and around Northport. This is home base for me. House is nearly paid for. Kids, kids, senior in high school. I need you to get up and I need you to go. I hear the line all the time. I know I need to go, but my kids are senior. My kids got one more year. I ain't saying nothing, but when God speaks, how do we respond? He. The party's here. He may send us to a place down the end of a dirt road to where there's nobody. I can go on and tell you, and he can tell you too. Some of the most faithful pastors on the planet will never have a, have a camera or one of these near them. 
They don't have sound systems in these places. They don't have cameras in these places. They don't have internet access in these places. They probably don't even have cell phone service yet in these places. But you know what? They wake up every single day of their life and they go minister in a desert place. They'll never be on a circuit. They'll never be asked to speak. They'll never be recognized or acknowledged. You just go when God says go. When God speaks. It's not always loud. It's not always in the, in the noisy. Sometimes it's in the whispering. Sometimes it makes absolutely no sense. But there's a... There's a and, and I was talking to a friend of mine today from down there. And we were talking about church. And he's listening. Oh, I said, we're going to be talking about tonight. And I, I'm, I hadn't even got there. Sensitivity. Being sensitive to that nudge. When you get to Philip, there's a sensitivity to that nudge that you find. I mean... Because in, in, as you read through the rest of this passage, it's like, okay, God says go, he gets up and goes. God says do this, and he does this. And he's sitting there listening to the Ethiopian eunuch read, and there's a sensitivity to, to meeting him right where he is. And at the perfect moment, he says, do you know what you're reading? And he says, how in the world can I, unless somebody shows me? And he gets up there, and the Bible says that from that point on, he preached Jesus to him. And he didn't do any of that in his own strength and in his own power. He did it by the leading and nudging and the directing of the, the Holy Spirit. He was sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Lord, your servants are listening. Speak to us tonight. God, we want to hear from you. We don't want to walk in this room. I'm telling you, we don't want to walk in this room and hear some songs and pray for some people and open up God's Word and see you and shut the book and walk out and go right back. Hey, Back into our, wor our world. I don't know what God's saying to you right now. I don't know what He's saying to any of you. I don't know if He's... Well, I don't know. Just look at this. Look at what happens. He says go. He says go. So verse 27, He got up and went. Don't make sense, but he got up and went. Party's not up there. The, party, the party's not down there. The party's here, but he got up and went anyway. I remind you, I remind you that so there was much rejoicing in that city. There's excitement in Samaria. And God said, I want you to go south to Gaza. And he got up and he went. And there was an Ethiopian eunuch. A court official of Candace, queen of Ethiopia, who was in charge of all of her treasure. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship. And he was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah, verse 29. Before you go there, you've got to have your heart right to go to verse 29. You can't be grumbling with God to go to verse 29. You can't be, why in the world am I here? It's hot. I'm miserable. I miss my friends. I don't know nobody. I don't like change. I don't like different. I, I, don't, I, want, I want my world back. I want the rejoicing back. I want to be back in Samaria where the party's at. And here he is. He's just wandering along. He's kicking rocks and, and throwing tumbleweed and 
kicking rattlesnakes. I mean, he li- he's like, ah. You're like, what are you talking about? I'm talking about miserable Christians. I'm talking about miserable Christians. Miserable Christians don't hear God. When God speaks, miserable ones usually don't hear them. Those miserable ones are usually like, woe is me. It's not fair. I should have been first. They're better than me. I, why are they listening to him? Why are they watching her? You, if his heart wasn't right, you know, we miss the Ethiopian eunuch so often because our heart's not right. We don't even see him because our heart's not right. Because we're like, I can't believe God would do me this way. I can't believe. I, I've, why in the world would God allow this to happen to me? You say, why would you say that? Well, you're sick. You're hurting. Life is happening. Wave after wave is hitting up against your ship. And you're in one of those pity parties and Ethiopian eunuchs are coming in and out of your life. And look at verse 29. Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go up and join this chariot. He was specific. Go talk to her. Go see him. Go there. I do not believe God would have said, Go, hey, go there. If he had if his heart had been wrong from the moment he got up and headed south. And I don't think God would have would have blessed and continued to use and continue to minister through him. I don't, I don't think... Do you realize the Ethiopian eunuch, the rest of the story, he goes on and look at the rest of the story. Verse 39. Look at verse 39. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, and the eunuch no longer saw him, but went on his way rejoicing. So what do you think the Ethiopian eunuch did? He probably went down to Gaza and told everybody he knowed about this man named Jesus who saved him, because he was reading Isaiah 53, and he was explained Isaiah 53, and he was immediately baptized, and his life was changed, and he continued on his journey, and he went and told everybody, and revival took place, and lives were changed, and the gospel continued on. All because one man was listening. And he did what didn't make sense. I mean, if, if God wants me to do if God wants me to do something, he will do it right here. He will do it right here where I'm comfortable. He will do it right here where it just it just makes sense. Because I've, my family's here, and my home is here, and my career is here, and my life is here. There's, that would be foolishness. 
That's why I said some of the most dangerous prayers you ever pray is, Lord God, your servant is listening. When that small, still voice comes and says, Hey, you, I need you to go do something. It's probably not going to make sense. It's probably not going to be easy. It's going to always require faith. It's going to require us stepping outside of ourselves. And every step of the way, we're going to have to be listening. Now what? Now what? Now what? Or we're going to miss every Ethiopian eunuch, every divine appointment that is along the journey. Miserable Christians miss God. Miserable Christians ain't listening for God. They're too caught up in how it's not right for them, how it's not fair for them. I would say when we get very comfortable as Christians... A very comfortable Christian is teetering on a very dangerous place. I mean, I'm kind of like cruise control. I'm just going to cruise on out of here. See it all the time. See it all the time. I've, I've done my time. I, I, uh, I play with the kids. I did youth ministry. And now I'm just, now it's their turn. Churches are dying because of that. I've had to stand in front of a lot of senior adults and say, hey, I wish it weren't so, but we need you back in the game. By now, yeah, you should be able to rest. By now, you should be able to sit there and give it to the next generation. But guess what? The next generation ain't wanting the baton. The next generation don't want the baton. We're not arguing. We're not going to sit there and debate on whose fault that is. It's easy to blame the culture. It's always easier to blame somebody else. But when God speaks, it's not always loud. Sometimes it's quiet. Sometimes it's soft. Sometimes it's gentle. Lord God, what do you want me to do? Lord, I'll do whatever. Lord, help me. I'll send me, Lord. I'm... God, I want to be involved. I want to step up. I want to be, I want to be more involved. I want to, God, I want, I want my life to make a difference. I want my family to make a difference. I want to bring you glory. I want my family to bring you glory. God, I want to make an impact. I want to impact here. I want to impact the kingdoms for your name. Dangerous prayers. Some people never pray them. I pray it at the end of most every sermon. God, your servants are listening. Speak to us. You're listening. We're listening, Lord. We're sitting right here and we're listening. We want to hear from you. We want to hear a word from you. What he says don't always make sense. What he says don't, don't, it don't, there's no room for his plan in our calendar. I mean, it just, because that would be so nice. Well, hey, I got, Lord, I got, here's, here's what we would love, and I'm done. 
Lord, I got to go to the doctor this morning, and then I'm going having a lunch. I'm having lunch with my buddies at twelve, and then I got golf at four. So hey, along the path, if you got something you need me to do, call me. But I'm just going to be doing my thing. We too busy for him. We too busy to listen. We too content to listen. We too comfortable to listen. We too caught up in our own own system to listen. Nobody else does that. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Ethiopian eunuch went on. I said, I said we wouldn't. I said we wouldn't get to it. We couldn't get to verse twenty-nine. Then the Spirit said to Philip, "Go up and join this chariot." And Philip ran up. You ain't got a guy there kicking tumbleweed. You ain't got a disgruntled. Servant of God right there. you got a guy who's sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit and he's willing to, God, just show me who to go to. That chariot, boom. And then notice what he does. Notice the process. He went up, he listened, he stood there for a second. He didn't walk right up to him, beat him over the head with truth. No, he found out, he met him where he was. So much truth is in Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Scary truth for comfortable Christians. Scary truth. Let's pray. God, it's dangerous prayers to come to you and as, as, as Lord and Master. God, we're coming to you and saying, basically what we're doing is saying, Lord, command us as your slaves. Command us to do Give us your orders. Give us your commands. And then how dare we reject? How dare we say no? How dare we not? I know I know a lot of military, and there's military in this room, and there's not one of the guys going to take an order from one of their higher rankings men and not just going to jump to it. They're just going to do it, Lord. Give us that spirit. Give us a sensitive spirit. Give us the spirit that, that is, that's listening. Listening in the quietness and all the noise and all the chaos and all, the, all that's going on, Lord. Help us to hear that quiet nudge, that quiet whisper. Hey, you. Lord, help us. Your servants are listening. Now give us the boldness to act, give us the boldness to wow is that even a right way to ask it Lord I don't know how to pray, your word says we don't know how to pray should we ask for boldness is boldness the right word or should we just ask for, God give us an obedient spirit, an obedient heart we don't need boldness, you've done given us everything pertaining to God, life and godliness you told us that we can do all things through Christ, then why should we ask for boldness, we should just God be asking for a sensitive and willing spirit that's so listening and so ready to go. And God, you clear out all the obstacles. You move everything out of our way. You just make it work. And we're just going to be your servants. God, help us be your servants. And we'll give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Night, night, y'all.